Perspectives, Perspectives, and I'm your host, Sneha. Perspectives is about bringing you conversations from individuals around the world, sharing their stories and experiences of life. We're trying to create a space to have the necessary but sometimes hard conversations on mental health, community, life, and everything in between. Conversation and information are an integral part of our lives and our growth. And with our very same hope, incredible people from all over the globe are sharing their perspective with you. Please know that sometimes these discussions get intense and we touch on topics like depression, anxiety, self-harm, abuse, and more. So if any of these topics can trigger you, please take care while listening. Listen with a friend or someone you trust. If this environment is not immediately available to you, I request a way to learn a better state of mind in a safer space. Also know we are not professionals giving out any medical opinions, but individuals sharing our perspective and our stories. If you need any professional help, please seek the same. This podcast is not a substitute for professional help. Thank you and take care. And without any more further delay, let's get into today's chat. Joining me today from Germany is Lena, an incredible artist who uses their platform to bring awareness and highlight such important discussions. And I'm really looking forward to talking about this beautiful interlap of creativity and healing and art. Thank you so much, Lena, for taking the time to join me. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I'm really happy to be here. Just a, a short disclaimer, I use they, them pronouns in English. Absolutely. So uh, to start us off, could you tell us a little uh, with your platform? There are mm-hmm. three specific themes that I personally notice that you often highlight, mm-hmm. which is the queer community, feminism, and body positivity. Could you tell mm-hmm. us why these three specifically? Yeah, of course. Um so, well, the the body positive one, um, or let's let's start with the other two because I think I have to like talk more about the body positive theme later because it's like the biggest part. But um, like with queerness and feminism, it's just very straightforward because I. I'm queer, I am pansexual and non-binary. So I'm part of the queer community and it's very important for me like to keep an open conversation going because there are many misconceptions out there and a lot of queer people around the world still need support and uh, a positive representation. And I mean, feminism is also for at least for me very like obvious because um, if you don't want to be uh, discriminated against just because of your gender um, then you will become a feminist at some point in your life (laughs) that's very true Um, (laughs) so um, so these topics are very important for me on a very personal level because I have been discriminated because of my gender, because of my sexuality. Um, So I know how it feels and I know that I want to live in a world that is better than that and that treats people who are like me a lot better. (laughs) And also it's just fairer, like it's just 
yeah, it's just fair to be nice to everyone. <laughs> I couldn't agree and, more. <laughs> and yeah, with the body positivity, um, it is a journey that I'm still like still on myself like i'm still traveling <laughs> through the body positive realm myself and um i did have a lot of body issues in the past which also led to an eating disorder um, that i luckily came out of um so i don't have an eating disorder anymore um but even when like when I started eating normally and intuitively again, I still had a lot of like issues with my body. And that's why I just like started to read up more about body positivity and what it means and like what movement is behind it. Um, and yeah, I still struggle with body image uh, from time to time. So it's something that's like really like ingrained in you by society um and it's really hard to get out of especially when when there are other people um around you who like keep body shaming you so it's it's a process um but these these three things these three topics are like very important to me and have influenced my life and that's why i like let them reappear in my art and that's why I want to help people who feel similar to me because I just know how it feels <laughs> and I know that we all can do better and we all can be better and feel better so yeah that's uh, why firstly, I'm doing what I'm doing <laughs> firstly thank you so much for sharing that I really appreciate you trusting me and trusting this space um, for opening up about that and secondly I think uh, this is one of the reasons why I reached out to you as well uh, I talked to you about how the power of social media it's such a powerful tool um, and you can really create a message and you can perpetrate a message and I think very it's very easy to sort of go down the spiral of especially with what the concept of an ideal body image is and how it's flooded and like you everyone knows this but like what you see on social media isn't the reality a lot of mm -hmm. times it's not it's it's touched up there's filters but mm -hmm. a lot of times mm -hmm. you rationally know that but actually accepting it and then letting not letting those images influence your own thoughts about your own body or whatever it is it's so easy to fall down that spiral which is why your art and like your page which i personally loved and i think i mentioned this to you as well that i found your page through another podcast called i way an incredible podcast that i have seen talk a lot about different uh, discussions and body positivity is a big part of their theme as well and that's why I reached out to you because seeing how you use such a powerful tool to perpetrate a more realistic and more inclusive thought as opposed to what mm -hmm. that ideal image is um, I really loved it and I really I've personally seen um, a lot of my own thoughts sort of Re, restructure itself seeing your art that's great. and it's restructuring so my own thought process that's awesome uh, yeah I think like social media gets blamed for a lot of things for example for like body issues and stuff like that and it it plays a role but social media in it of itself isn't evil it's just the way how we use it Absolutely. and if we 
if we put on like photoshopped bodies on social media and we all try to just show an ideal of a body on social media, people will get sick from it. People will uh, turn against their own bodies and will hate each uh, hate themselves and also each other because of that. But like it hasn't started with social media. It's already it's always been there that cultures and societies have different uh, ideal bodies, but there's always like one type of body that gets idolized more than others. And then other body types are getting shamed. Um, so it's it's already been there and with like mass media, with TV and um, like magazines, um, all of these ideas were already around and advertisement plays a huge role Absolutely. because ad advertisement they want you to feel bad so you buy their products it's like that's it's a all that they strategy, do all of it. yeah yeah so social media is just the next stepping stone on this tradition of body shaming um, but you can also use social media uh, for the greater good and that's why i um like started um this body positive instagram five years ago um because I wanted to like give an alternative to people. I wanted to show them like, hey, you can um, you can also be represented in social media or on social media, and you can also see positive messages that make you feel good and that are genuine and true. Um, and you you are allowed to unfollow anyone who makes you feel bad. Like Absolutely. if you see a certain kind of body over and over in your feed, you might start to feel bad. Then unfollow these kind of influencers or this kind of advertisement or brands uh, and just look for something that makes you feel good. I think and, well, what you're doing yeah, is that, you're, you're actually reclaiming the conversation and creating a much more healthier narrative. And I have so much admiration for you for doing that truly. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, it's it's sometimes not that easy because I'm just one person and there's like this whole system that's built around body shaming and like skinny culture and everything. And it it feels like so hard to to try to work to work against it. Um, but then again, the body positive movement is already pretty big. There are a lot of people there. I'm not the only one. <laughs> um, I think there are more like body positive influencers who take pictures of themselves and use photography for their messaging. So there are less people who, who use illustrations, but I know that I'm not the only one. There are more around me who are also like doing that or maybe even start doing that now because they've seen it online um so things are happening and that's really great and the thing is i sometimes get messages from people who tell me that what i have been posting really helped them so i kind of already reached the goal i wanted to reach i wanted to help people uh and that's what i've been doing so yeah it's it's i i can i like i should be more satisfied i'm also very very critical with me but if if you like try to look at look at it objectively, I'm already doing good, and the the channel is doing good, and the message gets out there. So I'm really happy with that. <laughs> well, I'm really glad you started this because I I think you've you've helped a lot of people, and I 
certain that it's going to grow into helping more people as well. Uh, but like you mentioned, uh, in the body positivity movement as well, there are a lot of individuals that use photography and uh, illustrations. Uh, I mean, of course, you are not the only person, but it's it's mm -hmm. a lot uh, newer in comparison, I guess. So where did the com uh, inspiration come to use art to raise awareness on such important topics, if you're comfortable sharing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no problem. So I've been drawing my whole life, like drawing illustrations is just part of myself, of my personality. Uh, but I haven't drawn body positive illustrations uh, for very long, like I just started five years ago. Um, and before that, I also drew idolized bodies, I, I drew skinny bodies, I drew uh, bodies without any like in quotations flaws or without any disabilities um, and most of the bodies I drew were white as well because I'm white and um, my like the people around me are also mostly white um, so I didn't really reflect on that for for the longest time also I read a lot of manga and anime when I was younger um, and like for a time my style was totally like totally looked like manga and like manga is also very like idolized there's there's just one body type and it's very slim beautiful long hair bright eyes and like everything's is just too perfect <laughs> and um I also drew myself in in this kind of way when I drew self-portrait so I would draw myself more perfect than I was or like try to draw an um, an ideal version of me and at the end I would just feel bad about myself like I would hate my body that it didn't look like my drawings um, which is so that it's sad actually it's just sad when you think about it um, but yeah I, I don't really know how I stumbled upon the body positive movement I just found it online by accident, accident probably and was really fascinated by it but because it spoke to me uh, when I felt bad about my body as well um, and then I also listened to a podcast called creative pep talk which is a podcast for artists um, and in one episode um, the the podcaster his call his name is called um, Andy J Miller or NDJ pizza sometimes. <laughs> um, he talked about that you just have to like commit to one art project for a season, so three months. And he said like, just commit to it and commit to a style and like try it out. And if after these three months, if you realize that you don't enjoy it, um, then don't do it anymore. And if you realize, like you have learned something, you have learned that you don't want to do it, but you still have practice along the way. And if you realize you want to do it more, then just continue for another season. And I really liked that idea. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to draw body positive illustrations for three months and see how I feel about it. And I was afraid that I would run out of topics within these three months. <laughs> Um, and then I just went deeper and deeper into like all the stuff that is behind it because body positivity is it's not only about the bodies itself it's about mental health it's about how you feel about yourself it's about how society treats you and it's also about like feminism 
and also about queerness as well, because queer bodies also get treated very badly. So there's so much underneath the surface um, that I realized, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this for a while. <laughs> and it's and, been um, what, five years now? Yeah, like, yeah, last week I had my five years anniversary and That's I was incredible. like surprised. I was like, oh my God, I'm doing this for half a decade now. That's, that's wow. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> well, clearly you um, didn't run out of topics. Yeah, there's, there's so much I still want to draw and still want to talk to uh, talk about and still so much I also need to learn. So it's like, it's such a broad topic. Um, and I like to, to work in series. So I, I pick something very specific, for example, body positivity for men. And then I just like work within this frame for several months or even years sometimes and just produce very specific illustrations and messages for this group. And then I pick the next topic. So I did um, body positive illustrations for men, for non-binary people, for intersex people. And uh, the next big series will be for trans people. So inclusive. I it's it's so important like you're representing every individual and uh, you brought up uh, body positivity from then i have not seen a lot of conversations about it not have i seen for intersex individuals for trans mm -hmm. individuals for queer the queer community as a whole it's it's incredible what you're doing <laughs> thank you <laughs> i think my my ego will explode at the end of this podcast because you're so nice to me <laughs> I'm, I'm it's all coming from a place of truth i swear to god it's all coming to a, from a place of truth thanks so much yeah the the thing is like the i think people um who don't know much about body positivity they see it as a movement um for white cis women who are able-bodied and heterosexual because the most stuff you will find is from white cis women for white cis women um and that's why i think a lot of people feel left out or don't think it's something for them or it's not about them uh, which is just not true and the body positive movement did start decades ago um, it, back then it was called Fat Acceptment Movement and it started in America and was led by black women mostly. So it's, it's not even a white thing. <laughs> it, started, it started with black women, I think in New York in the 70s who started marching and um, demanded their rights. And that, that now people think it's just a, a thing for white cis women is really sad actually because it's for everyone. And um, that's what I'm trying to, to say with my Instagram account. I want to show people, hey, I mean you too. You, you are part of this as well. Um, you also uh, have the right to feel good about your body and nobody has the right to discriminate, uh, discriminate against you. Um, and that's why I try to like um, talk about themes and topics that most people don't talk about in, in the body positive community. And I also, I always try, like I invite people uh, with these experiences, experiences and I talk to them and I show them my ideas and my messages. And this is how like I spread it and I always give credit. So I don't want to talk over anybody 
because I'm not intersex, for example, and I'm also not a man. Um, but I, I can listen to what people are saying and I can amplify their voices with my art. And that is my goal. Um, and that's what I'm also doing with the trans series. Um, there are um, a group of people who have um, answered a lot of my questions um, and I've shown them the messages that I've created, the, the overall idea I have, and they are giving me now feedback if they think it's good or if there's something I need to change. Um, and then I will of, of course give credit to those individuals who want to be credited. Um, so I will always like when I do a post write in the description or in the comments um, who helped me with the series. Um, yeah, and that's how we as a, as a group, as a community can create more art. So basically it's, it's a group project. <laughs> I love with it. my and name slept on it <laughs> i love it and it's in, it's incredible that uh, you recognize that you you can't speak for every experience and every individual so you are giving them the platform and you're giving them the credit and you're giving them a voice or rather an image for their voice oh that's so incredible mm -hmm. yeah i think that's i mean it's hard to say what art is for or about but i think um, a lot of artists have this mission to make things that are unseen or that people don't hear, like the majority doesn't hear yet, to amplify it and uh, to, to represent groups who are underrepresented and to like show, to bring stuff to the surface that hasn't been seen before. And I think this is really important as an artist. Incredible. And I love that you use the term community. Uh, so I would just, uh, just because I love asking this question, because it's been one of the most mm -hmm. um, interesting conversations I've gotten to have is what does community mean to you? I love this question. Like, I really had to think about it. It's, it's a very interesting question. And I think that community means safety. You can feel safe in a community. You can feel like seen. And it means exchange because you can exchange ideas, you can exchange experiences, you, you will know that you're not alone. And it also feels like a second home. Like there is the physical home, there is um, your upbringing, your origin, your family, but maybe sometimes that's not enough or sometimes you don't feel really at home where you live or where you grew up. And a community can give you the chance to cre create a new home. Um, yeah, and that's what it means for me. Oh my God, I love that answer. I absolutely love that answer. Oh, that felt good. I have to say listen. though, <laughs> I have to say though, um, I'm not very connected, not very well connected in my own city, which is something that I'm still missing. So I have like, I have an online community of people that I am connected to. And this is great. This is like such a great opportunity now that we have the internet. Before that, you would have just been alone with your thoughts and feelings. Um, but also, it would be great to have a physical community, like people you can see and meet on a reg regular basis and who can be there for you, like when you need them physically, in a way. Because um, I think humans also just need this physical connection to other people this physical space where they can like feel seen and heard um 
And I feel like I'm still missing that a little bit. Like I'm not, I'm not sad or isolated, but I think I would be happier if I would also find community within my own city. Well, that's interesting. And uh, honestly, to, uh, to an extent, I could uh, kind of relate. Like I've mm -hmm. created, I've uh, managed to have this sort of online community that's been created through this space. Mind matters. Like I've connected with people from all around the world. And I happen to connect mm -hmm. with some individuals that are going to be uh, in cities that I'm mostly being, moving to next year. So it's almost like maybe there's going to be a physical community as well, which I also am hoping to see how that experience would be. That sounds great. Um, yeah, I, th I think I think we all just like, especially people who don't fit in with the majority, they often see the internet as a means of escape to like to ex escape to to a community that that makes them feel safe and understood. Um, but still, I think you you will always need you will always need this feeling that people are near you, like that when you call someone because you need help, you are sad or you need someone to help you move to a new flat or something like that, that you know, okay, there's a person that will be there in 20 minutes and this person will help me. Uh, and I think I think this is so important. So I think we, we are like our generation and the gen generation that's younger than us, um, we are forgetting how important physical community is and um, we have to seek it out more. And I think I, I probably, there are probably uh, a lot of people in my city who feel the same way, who are just waiting for someone else to like create the space. <laughs> um, yeah, because nobody of us has been seeking each other yet. <laughs> I think... Uh adding to the whole covid situation the whole idea of like a physical space in, in itself now people are just hesitant like for a while but after mm -hmm. that whole isolation period for so long now we all long for it like i i was never mm -hmm. much of a hugger to be honest like in the start i was very like i'm not much of a hugger and i'm not much of a person like that likes people in my personal space but after mm -hmm. almost two years of not seeing my friends i actually miss hugging them and i actually mm -hmm. long for that physical um, space as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And what I've realized, like I'm getting my second uh, vaccine shot this week. So yes to that. Um, and I hope I can be more physical with friends uh, after that. But the few friends I have hugged the past few weeks, um, it like I realized how strange it feels. Like I'm suddenly I'm so self-conscious about hugging and I'm like, oh my God, there's another body and it feels so different. And it's so foreign it's now, also, right? Like after yeah. like almost two years. <laughs> and it's it's at the same time, it's so fascinating. Like, oh my God, this is how hugging feels now. <laughs> I, I recently got my second shot and I ended up uh, going to a friend's place after almost, um, I saw them almost after two years. And uh, we mm -hmm. have a we have a great dynamic. We've been friends for almost a decade now. And when when she saw me, she literally jumped on my back. Like she was literally <laughs> hanging from my back. And I caught her, but like I was like, damn, I actually missed this. I actually mm -hmm. missed carrying oh, around man. a person like a backpack. That sounds amazing. And yeah, I totally get it. Um, there's something that gets lost when you when you can't. Uh, 
be near people anymore and we when you can't be physical with them um it's just i think it's just human nature that we that we long for something like that and i think the covid situation just sort of um, made everyone more aware of how much we long for any sort of socialization mhm mm mm -hmm. yeah totally you're totally right like for me i realized during covid that i'm actually an introvert um and like especially in the beginning i totally loved that all the plans got canceled and i had time for myself i was like hell yeah um but at some point even an introvert needs to see other people and then i was like hmm, maybe it would be nice to to see friends again and to like go out and drink a coffee or a tea i really miss going out to cafes um or to restaurants that's like something i'm totally missing um, yeah, it's been just a while. to Yeah, to, just to get out and meet people and eat and drink together. I think that's also something that's like very human. Like we love connecting with each other over food. That is um, true. And that's that's something I've been missing when I had my eating disorder. I wouldn't eat with other people or in front of other people, and I would only meet like a few people per week. So I could like stay skinny and eat unhealthily and very little. And I totally, back then I already missed the connection I had with other people, like because eating uh, with others is so important and so social. Um, and yeah, it's something that will make you unhappy eventually um, when you don't do it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so when when we uh, when we were exchanging emails, you mentioned that you very recently um, understood that you are a healer through your art. Um, if you're mm -hmm. comfortable, would you share a little bit about how you came to that conclusion? Because I completely agree, mm -hmm. and I'm glad that you reached that conclusion. But I would love to hear about the journey. Um, yeah, I I think a friend of mine helped me realize that because she is like shout out to Tiffany. <laughs> so she is like very open um, and very reflected. And like the way she speaks is very spiritual in a way. Um, but it's also very beautiful. And she finds words um, that other people like just don't like she finds words to describe herself and others that just other other people just don't find these words. And um, I think she influenced me a bit with this. Um, and also, like, I read about what it means to be non-binary and, like, non-binary in different cultures, even though it has different names, but um, genders that are not uh, male or female, there are so many in different cultures, and uh, in Europe, you just don't, don't know about them, you don't learn about them. And um, what I've read is that in, in certain cultures, um, people who are outside of the binary, who are not male or female, often have very interesting roles in society. And for example, some of them are healers. And I was so fascinated by that, that you have, like, you have, you get a role in your community, in your society because of your gender that can sometimes feel like a prison, but it can also be like something really exciting. And I think that that, that fact just stuck with me and then I realized over time like wait a minute 
a lot of people are writing me that I'm helping them uh, with my art. And then I was like, maybe I am a healer in a way, even though I am European and we don't have a, a tradition like what it means to be non-binary. There are no um, uh, roles in our society for them. But I think, especially as an artist, it's just cool to know yeah, you, you're doing something else with it. Like you're not just creating things that look beautiful um, or you don't just do it to self-indulge, but you do it to help others with it. And also like to help yourself heal. So I'm a healer to others, but I'm also trying to heal myself. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fascinating. I, I, I haven't read a lot about it, but I have seen a few articles about the concept of healers in as a, a gender outside of male and female but gender is just a social construct and i'm sure we can get into a whole oh, conversation yeah. about that on another day for sure but <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but again that's 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 not something that i've read about in my culture or anything like that and it wasn't something that we were told to as well and it was after opening my eyes into more experiences talking to more people i think mm -hmm. this project has definitely helped with that i have met individuals mm -hmm. from around the world had conversations I never expected to have, made connections I never <laughs> dreamed of happening. But uh, mm -hmm. so uh, I, I I love your story because I think there is this amazing overlap between art and healing and creativity that you often mm -hmm. don't even realize and you don't even, uh, you never really see it being spoken, whether it's poetry or music or, or illustrations or pictures, whatever it is. I think there's a, it's a world of its own so I absolutely mm -hmm. love having this conversation and I love talking about this beautiful overlap between creativity and healing. So thank you for what you do <laughs> and for sharing. Thank you so much. Um, I think as an artist, you can, like I don't want to force any other artists to become like healers or do like political illustrations or anything, but I think you can choose a second role as an artist. You're not only an artist, you can be a healer, for example, but you can just be someone who makes other people laugh. You can be an entertainer uh, and relieve them from like the, the pain they have in their life. I mean, for example, during COVID, um, I realized how, how important entertainment is. Like I was mm -hmm. so happy that I could just watch movies or a new show um, every evening. So I wouldn't have to think about this pandemic like all day long it, it creates a um, world of escape for you it, it, it's yeah. a world of escape that you can sort of like shut off all the bad stuff that's happening outside for a few mm -hmm. minutes and just like sort of turn everything off on the outside and just like be in that moment and feel a little sense mm -hmm. of happiness yeah yeah exactly and if if you if you're helping people to like escape their everyday life that's also a very cool thing that you can do as an artist and like there there are so many ways you you can i mean you can just draw pretty pictures because people enjoy beautiful things so why not um and i think for me like i i needed something more like i felt um that what i've been doing or what i've been drawing before was not enough and I think I'm happy that I have this role now. But at the same time, I know that I'm not only Bopo Lena and I'm not only drawing these body positive messages. They are like a part of me and they are important to me. But I can also be like goofy and draw something stupid or funny and just like 
show it friends, keep it to myself or like upload it somewhere else that doesn't have to do anything with my Instagram channel. Like you don't have to be one thing and you don't have to have only one style. Um, like don't imprison yourself with your artwork. Just mm -hmm. open yourself up and try around and do whatever, what makes you happy as well. I mean, I'm hearing uh, you shared a lot about how this art has sort of impacted others and like what people can see from it. How has art impacted your life personally? Mm -hmm. That's a good question because I think for me, art was always so much around me that it's like, it's like air. Like I can't really imagine a life without art. And I think think a life without art would be very sad and gray and boring and I think that would be true for all of us most people just don't realize it because they don't know what what like they don't that they, they don't realize that so many things can be art like for example a movie is also art and um, your favorite song is also art and um, if you buy a cool cup it was designed by someone. It's also art in a way. Um, art doesn't always have to like hang in a museum. Only a few people get to hang their art in a museum because only a few people select them. And like, there's a whole power structure there. And it's also almost like white men who get <laughs> hung their art in museums. So yeah, like, let's not talk about that, but it, Art isn't the stuff that is in museums, art is everywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, I think because I enjoyed drawing so much as a kid, um, I was always interested in drawings of others and in paintings and that opened myself up to like art in general. And I like to go to museums very early in life. And I mean, I love reading comics because they're also an art form and uh, yeah, watching movie, movies, watching animated shows, um, it's like so fascinating for me and it inspires me um, and it makes me happy. So I think art means happiness for me. And without art, I would just be very, very unhappy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of people don't uh, know about like, so art has a huge role in my life as well. And like, it's a big part of mm -hmm. uh, the origin story behind Mind Matters has a huge role of like art, which eventually mm. uh, I will share with you uh, post uh, this recording if you're interested. And I think eventually okay. by the time this yeah. uh, uh, recording is, uh, this episode is out, I think people would have heard that story because for the first time after mm -hmm. having this podcast for over a year, I finally told that entire story, which was insane wow. to me as well. But congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I was so scared. <laughs> and I actually considered like, maybe should, I should just delete this out of the episode. <laughs> but yeah, oh, I mean, no. so, I... Uh, 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 one thing that kind of, uh, so the idea for a podcast kind of came out of poetry. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I used to write poetry a lot for a long time. And then I had... Mm -hmm half a decade of writer's block and mm -hmm. it sort of uh, restarted and I wanted to turn it into a conversation that's kind of how the podcast came but I love how you just said art is happiness because that is the most accurate description I could possibly think of 
Like, I mean, <laughs> since this is a podcast, people can't see, but the moment you said that, you would have seen my face the way it just, like, I just smiled, just hearing those words. Oh, that's beautiful. And I think poetry is also a very beautiful thing and a beautiful skill to have. Um, I'm not a very poetic person with words, but it's like so fascinating when people can craft art with words. It's, it's really cool. It's very fascinating. I, I joke about a lot of things. I am not, uh, I'm, I'm not good with, uh, I cannot draw. I have tried. <laughs> it, it looks really silly. Um, my my uh, skills with the instruments right now has been very lacking. Maybe eventually I'll get it back. <laughs> but the one thing I'm half decent at is words. So I'm actually glad that I picked mm -hmm. a career that I'm heavily dependent on words. Well, words are also always around us and they create our world. So it's so cool if you can create art with something that's basically an everyday tool for most people. Like we, we all talk, but most people don't use it to create art. So this is really, really cool. Oh, wow. I, I never thought about it like that. <laughs> well, now you can think about it. Maybe you can write poetry about that. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I'll try to write a poem about how writing poems is art. Wait, did that even make sense? What I just said? I'm not even sure. It totally makes sense. Totally uh, makes but sense. This, uh, I absolutely love talking about like art. So, uh, like, how? What do you hope to see like your art and your work to grow into? That's. I, I love this question, but it's also very hard because I don't think that I can like know what, what it will grow into in the future, but I think I hope that it will just grow and that it will grow and change and always be like this, this wonderful thing that makes me happy and that also makes others happy. And I, I personally, personally feel like that I'm not drawing enough. So I feel like I could already be at another point. I, I think I'm, I'm just, since I'm doing this also um, to earn money, I'm an illustrator. Um, I, I think too much about it and I don't like feel it enough anymore. And while I was still in school or studying, I would just draw every day without judging it, without thinking about it. Uh, and now that I have to make a living with it, I'm more judgmental when it comes to my own art. Um, and sometimes I'm not drawing stuff, even though I like, like the idea, like, oh, I think this would look cool. And then I think about, yeah, but it has been done before. And is it really interesting enough? And then I just don't do it. And I think I hope that I get to a point where I don't judge my my art and my process as much anymore because I think that would free me and would enable me to create even more and even more beautiful work. And I really hope you can come to a place where you do that because I think the world needs more art and I don't think there's ever going to be a time when we don't need more art. Uh, but you know, like I agree with that. <laughs> Um, so, you know, uh, like uh, we spoke about in the start, uh, the queer community, feminism, body positivity, all of this is a big mm -hmm. part of what your art is. And all of this um, heavily influences our mental health and uh, how mm -hmm. we think, how we feel about ourselves. So I was curious, like, what is the conversation around 
mental health, sexuality, gender been for you growing up? Were you ever encouraged mm-hmm. to talk about it? Or, and does this have like a reason of why you used art to portray these discussions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a very good question. And maybe you're right. Maybe this is a reason why it is part of my art now, because I think it wasn't like, there wasn't enough space for this when I was younger. So um, my, fer- my, my parents are very nice and um, also very liberal in a way. So um, I, I, I didn't grow up in a very conservative household and there wasn't an- anything hateful about my parents. Um, but like my parents never really talked about like other sexualities than heterosexuality. So um, this is something I had to figure out myself. And it's like, and it puts you as a child in the spot where you have to come out to your parents. And I think that sucks because we should all like acknowledge that queer babies get born every day. Like some people are just queer and they are queer because they were born this way. So there are queer babies, they are queer kids. And just to assume that everybody is straight other, or, or cis and they have to prove you wrong is like so messed up. Like, why don't par- do parents think about maybe my child could also be queer. Maybe I should like t- give my child the language uh, to talk about that. Maybe I don't assume um, so much about their love life or whatever, like just give give children the space to explore and to figure it out, but don't leave them alone with it. And um, I think that was something that was missing. So um, I think I, I realized that I was not heterosexual when I was like 13, I guess, yeah. And I, I was, I had a crush on um, a, uh, classmate in school and back then I, I didn't really know like am I in love with her or uh, I don't know I, do I have these feelings because I think it's cool which is like such a strange thought um, and it took up took me a while to figure out what my sexuality actually is like am I only interested in girls am I interested in men do I even care what gender a person has um, and I was alone on this journey and I had to hide it from my parents, even though in the beginning I didn't try to hide it. So interestingly, um, in the very beginning, when I like realized this, I thought Are we, we, our society is like totally cool with uh, homosexuality and we are at a point like there was discrimination in the past, but we live in the 21st century anymore. I, there's no discrimination. That was like what I thought. Um, and then I run into some walls. Then I realized, no, there is actually discrimination and it's awful. And that was the point where I realized, oh my God, I have to hide this from people. Otherwise people are treating me like shit, at least some. And this is like so sad when you like grow up and think everything is okay. And then other people like show you that you are not okay the way you are. Um, so I suddenly, like, when I was like 15 or so, I suddenly started to hide every evidence that I could be queer and not heterosexual. And it took quite a while to come out to my parents. 
And it took me even longer to come out to the rest of my family, which I don't think they took it seriously. I think it they I think they think it was a phase. I think they think it's over now, <laughs> which is like so sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really care about that anymore because I think like if they don't want to see it, if they don't want to realize this about me, it's their fault, not mine. I don't have to prove myself to them over and over again. Like I can just live my life. And if they are there to support me, that's great. And if not, well, then they're not there. Then I have other people. That's what I mean with community and second home. <laughs> I love how we and, came back to community being safety and like second home. <laughs> yeah. And I think with mental health, it's similar. I think um, the generation of my parents, they don't have a well, a good ed education about mental health. And I think there are so many misconceptions. Um, and I know that I at some point heard the phrase, um, people who are mentally ill are just obsessed with themselves. So that's something that they think. And it's, it's just not true. It's just not true, but they truly think that. And so it, it, it's kind of victim blaming the person who, who got ill. Like it's your fault because you're so obsessed with yourself. And that's, it's just awful. It's not true. And I think also therapy is something that doesn't get talked about in the generation of my parents. Like it's something embarrassing and you don't admit that you go to therapy, even though like if your leg hurts, you go to the fucking doctor and nobody tells you, oh, you're so weak that you go to the doctor because your leg hurts. Yes. But like oh, when, word, yes. Yeah, but when your soul is hurting, it's suddenly weak that you seek out help from a professional. Like I don't understand how this notion came into existence. Like if you really think yeah. about it, if, if uh, let's say a kid has like a small uh, cut on their hand and there's like a little bit of blood, you ask mm -hmm. them, how do you deal with that? They'll probably tell you, wash it off, put a bandaid on it. They know how to deal with physical injuries. But let's mm -hmm. say someone's been like uh, in a sad episode for a prolonged period of time, they probably have no idea where to start or what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think my parents... Like if I would have shown these signs as a kid, like severe depression, for example, I think my parents wouldn't have gone to a therapist with me. I think they wouldn't have wanted to like realize that their kid needs a therapist, even though there's no shame in it. Like if I would see a kid that's severely depressed, I would say, hey, let's find a therapist for you, a, a person who can help you and then you can live a better life. It's fine. It's not your fault. Um, and I think that's something that is changing in our generation. Um, so it gets better from time, like over time, it's, it gets better with every generation. And the more we talk about it, the, the better it gets. Key. Yeah, it is key. It is so key. And there are people in our generation who still act like my parents do, who are embarrassed by mental health, who, who think therapists are for losers, for example. And who would never ever seek professional help themselves, even if they need it. Um, but these, like this group is getting smaller and smaller. And I think it's even smaller with the people that are coming after us, like younger generations. And I think 
I think it's very cool when people can just talk openly about their mental health journey and also what they learn in therapy, for example. Like when somebody, someone tells me, hey, you know what? I learned this in my therapy and maybe you can think about it too. And I learned this meditation technique or like this journaling technique, you can try it as well. Like it benefits others as well if you like share the knowledge you gain in therapy. So why be embarrassed about it? It's like awesome. And also it's a lot of work. So we should congratulate people for like working through major stuff in their life and not like put them down because of it. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think like, I think we need to talk about it more. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of the mission statement of what Mind Matters is, right? To have the conversations that we often shy away from. Like, and, and I think a lot of times we're so hesitant with these conversations because it's so foreign to us. We, we don't mm -hmm. talk about it at all. So it's something so alien to us. We're just like, uh, it's uncomfortable. But the mm -hmm. more we can talk about these things, it's, it's the only way we can move forward. That's why we're trying yeah. to create a space of having like very open conversations through this platform as well yeah when you uh, wrote to me and i read your first email i was totally um amazed by the stuff you wrote and like uh, what the mission of this podcast is and i thought it, it is very important and it's awesome um so yeah you're doing great work here um and i think like not only need we talk to talk about our own experiences but a lot of people don't even know how to react to this so you are right like there's language missing like people don't know what to say like how to respond and sometimes they say the wrong stuff or sometimes they just don't say anything and like if they listen to podcasts like yours they will also learn like the language they need to use and how to react and they will learn that they don't have to shy away, like you said. Like I think a lot of people just shy away from a lot of topics. Also with like queer people, like we, or like a lot of people never talk about queer stuff with kids because they think kids won't understand. But kids are so cool; they <laughs> totally understand. They have yeah, no absolutely. judgment whatsoever. They're like, okay, and then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> I mean, Lena, that's that's what I wanted to have uh, this discussion about. And honestly, I have absolutely loved chatting with you. It has been such a wonderful talk and I had so much fun. Um, before we wind up, do you have any final words, advice, thoughts you want to leave for the listeners? Yeah, so thank you so much for inviting me. Um, um, you can find me on Instagram. My name is Bopolena, B-O-P-O-L-E-N-A. Um, and yeah, I just try to be your authentic self. Try to find people who make you, yourself feel safe. Like you, you are worth finding people who are, uh, who are similar to you, who are there for you. And um, also you are worthy in the body that you're in and like try to have a, a positive, uh, relationship with your body like there can be parts that you don't like but there will always be parts that you do like and try to find them trying to feel better about your body and you will feel better about your life so yeah and unfollow everyone who makes you feel bad on social media 
that's like I my love biggest that. advice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, I will make sure that I uh, link your Instagram when this episode comes out. Um, everyone, you have to check their Instagram Thank page. You. The work is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Thanks so much.